Proverbs chapter 22. And uh, please stand with us. I'll read one verse at this time. And it's the third verse. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Um, I'm thinking this morning about our theme for the year, charting our course. And um, well, I introduced that at the last service of the last year. And uh, this verse really speaks to that, and I think in a very practical way. So we're going to, you know, the Proverbs, we heard about this in Sunday school this morning, Brother Wagner was teaching, the Proverbs are just a, a wealth, a reservoir of practical wisdom. And I think we'll see that this, this one in particular has application to this theme of charting our course. You know, the Bible was given to us by inspiration. That means it came from God. God gave us the very words of our Bible. And it's been protected and preserved for us by the hand of God. And we're admonished to be instructed by it, to learn from it, but also to practice it. To practice, put into practice what the Bible says. And this is what we'll seek to do today in this passage. Let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you for your word. Please bless as we study it together. Help us to have open hearts and open minds. Lord, to be ready not only to listen, but to change. Let the Word of God impact us, affect us, inspire us, guide us, Lord, as we seek uh, to move forward in a way that's pleasing to you. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I want to begin this morning uh, by just sort of uh, breaking down this single verse. By the way, look with me if you would in Proverbs 22 and verse 3. And while you're looking at it, I'm going to, I'm going to read from another proverb. And just look at Proverbs 22 and 3. And this is what Proverbs 27 and verse 12 says. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. In other words, this, this exact verse is found more than one place in the Bible. It's a very important thing for us to understand. So what do we see in verse 3 as we just sort of look at the words in the verse? First of all, it talks about a prudent man. Now what is a prudent man? A prudent man is a wise person, a person who's cautious. Uh, One of the words that would be used to define prudent is circumspect, which means you're looking at a thing using wisdom and analyzing it. A prudent man, it says in verse 3, foreseeth the evil. Foreseeth uh, means that he's looking ahead. Of see, of course, foreseeth, he's looking, he's aware, but he's not just looking in his immediate life, he's looking down the road. He's seeing ahead of time to forecast is to predict what's going to happen in the future. The word for means before, and so this prudent man has foresight. A prudent man is looking forward, who's thinking forward. Now notice what it says in verse 3, a prudent man foreseeth the evil. Now it's very important that we understand the word evil. We think of evil as being wicked or sinful. But in the Bible, the word evil sometimes just means good or bad or harmful or, or, or trying. For instance, it says this of God, that God at times repented of the evil 
that he intended to do. God has never sinned. He doesn't need to repent of sin. And so evil sometimes means he was going to bring harm. He was going to bring judgment. And he changed his mind about that judgment. So the word here, evil, doesn't mean sin. It means something that's dangerous. A prudent man is looking ahead, he has foresight, and he sees things that could be harmful, things that could be painful, things that could have adversity, things that could bring sorrow or distress or trouble. The prudent man has his eyes looking forward with with the awareness that there could be some things that could happen that could be very painful. And notice what it says in verse 3, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself. He sees some danger and he... uh, um, seeks to avoid the problem or seeks to protect himself from pending trouble. Now, to me, I would call that common sense, wouldn't you? You're looking down the road, you see something that could be very painful, something that could be very dangerous, something that could be uh, very sorrowful, and because you're a wise man, you do things to avoid that great calamity. But in verse 3, as we often see in Proverbs, it says, But the simple pass on and are punished. The simple are foolish people. Matter of fact, there's several different kinds of fools mentioned in the book of Proverbs. And one of those fools is a simple fool. The prudent man sees disaster coming, but he changes his course or he makes decisions to avoid that, but the foolish person just passes on. Even though trouble is on the horizon, even though he doesn't uh, know um, exactly how to deal with it, the, the, the prudent man tries to approach it in a wise way, but the foolish man, he just goes on, and the Bible says in verse 3, he passes on and he's punished. He's going to suffer the consequences. Um, you know, it's true a lot of times about things in life because a problem is not present. Because it may be going to happen next week or next month or next year, we tend to do nothing about preparing for it. That's a very foolish approach. You know, that's like having a driving an automobile and you hear this new sound under the hood, but you think, well, it'll be okay, you know, I mean, it's not, it's still running, right? I mean, it's still cranked, it's still running. That's a very foolish approach, and yet people are that way about life. So here's the verse. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Now, this is such a lesson about practical wisdom. And today, I would like to think that we would be want to be numbered among the wise, right? We see the future. We prepare for what's ahead. Uh, when I was preparing this lesson and thinking about it, I thought, you know, there are a lot of things in life that we could never foresee. Things that we could never predict. Uh, a, a physical problem that blindsides us. You know, some kind of a, an accident, something that we could not have ever prepared for. Those things are going to happen to all of us. But there are things that we can anticipate, things that we can plan for, things that we could make adjustments about. And as I say, as I look at this, I'm thinking about our theme, charting our course. That theme, charting our course, has two things embedded in it, implied in it. 
Number one, if you're charting a course, that means you have a destination, a specific place that you want to be. And in life, we ought, to, we ought to look at life and look forward in life and think, you know, down the road, this is where I'd like to be. Maybe this is where I'd like to be financially. Maybe this is how I'd like to be in my family. But charting the course not only means that you're, you have a destination, but it means you have a plan. You have a road map. This is, how, this is where I want to be, and this is how I plan to get there. This is what's going to guide me. Now, please hear me today, because in life, a lot of these, a lot of things we go through in life, both of these things, or one of these things, could be absent. There are a lot of people who really never think about where they want to be in the future. That could be in their home, in their family, in their marriage, in their finances, in their spiritual life. They never really think about it. They're just living today. And I think we ought to live in the now. But we ought to be thinking about where we want to go. That's prudence. That's wisdom. But then those who think, you know, one of these days I'd like to have a strong marriage. One of these days I'd like to be more physically fit. One of these days I'd like to have our finances in order. But they don't really prepare for those things. They just hope that some way, somehow, someday it's all going to be better. So as I look at this passage, I'm thinking about this theme. And there's, there ought to be some balance to this. You know, first of all, the Bible teaches us not to worry about tomorrow. But it doesn't tell us not to think about tomorrow. It doesn't tell us not to prepare for tomorrow. And there are many areas that we could apply this today. As I've already mentioned a couple of them, like, like for instance, training your children. Um, would you, would, where would you like for your children to be in five years? And some of you say, I'd like for them to be out of the house in five years. <laughs> but aside from that, would you like for them to be respectful to people? Uh, would you like for them to be responsible? Would you like for them to be obedient? Where would you like for them to be? Would you want to, would you want your children, if you could have this as a desire, a goal, would you want your children in 10 years or 15 years to be adults who are in church serving the Lord? Sure we would. And what might we do to facilitate that? Those are the kind of things that we want to chart our course for. What about our finances? I think financial difficulties are the one of the most common problems in people's lives. You know, what would you like to be in five or ten years or fifteen? How about, how about having a goal to be debt free? To have no, no debt hanging over your head. What about retirement? My wife would tell you that over the course of the last ten years or so, more than once or twice or three times, we've sat down with a piece of paper and a pencil and we've, we've looked at what would it cost us to live in retirement? What would it cost for us to be able to manage our life. What, what, kind of, what kind of plan should we make? And we decided two things. Number one, we're probably better never retire. And number two, we hope our kids will take care of us. But anyway, um, <laughs> but you know what? We ought to trust the Lord. But the Bible, the, the very Bible that tells us not to worry about tomorrow, tells us that it's wise to have foresight, to look down the road, and then to make plans 
that will help us face whatever's coming. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple, the fools, pass on and are punished. Now today, I'm not going to talk about finances so much, or I'm not going to talk about uh, training our children and improving our married life, but I want to focus on one aspect of our life today and just talk about it for a few minutes, and that is our spiritual life. You know, becoming a faithful Christian, a godly person, a devoted follower of Jesus doesn't just happen automatically. It just doesn't happen that way. I think most people who profess to be saved have it in their mind. I I really want to get my life in order spiritually. You know, and and I focus on this spiritual life because that's the most important part of our life. One of my favorite verses of Scripture Uh, Part of that verse says, bodily exercise profiteth little. I like that, right? (laughs) Bodily exercise profiteth little. But the last part of that verse says this, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Nothing wrong with being physically fit, but there is something that God says if we give our attention to it, will positively impact every area of our life. And that's our spiritual life. Godliness is profitable unto all things. It'll help us in our marriage. It'll help us with our child training. It'll help us in our finances. It'll help us in our relationships. Godliness is profitable unto all things. What what would I want if I was looking down the road, thinking about this verse, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, what would I look forward to down the road? What 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 do I have to look forward to if I fail spiritually? What will be the consequences if I do nothing about my spiritual life? You know, a man that used to be a real friend of our church and a real friend to me personally, Clifford Rice used to say this when he was preaching. He's been in heaven for a lot of years now. But he, he talked about what, what price a person is willing to pay to have their own way. And I'll tell you, a lot of people, even those who profess to be saved, are intent on having their own way. But there's a price to be paid for that. What will it cost our family if we live like that? What will it cost our children if we live like that? What will it cost our marriage if we live like that? Those, the Bible says, who lack wisdom just go on in their own foolishness without making any kind of adjustments or changes. Where would you like to be spiritually in five years? Where would you like to be spiritually in ten years? Would you, would you, think about this. Would you, if you could have what you wanted, Would you want to look down the road in five or ten years and say, my desire is to be carnal and worldly and stubborn and willful? Would you want to be that way? I don't think anyone in this room would say we want to be that way. Do you want to bring shame to the name of Christ? I don't think any of us would want to do that. Would you want to be a godly man or woman? And I think most of us would say, absolutely. Would you want to live your life? Would you want to be found... 10 years from now or 20 years from now, 
living your life solely for the glory of God and not for yourself? Many people in this room, I think, would say yes. I'm persuaded that most people who are in this room, people who know the Lord, do not want to shipwreck spiritually. But I want to say to you today, I've watched a lot of people who sit where we sit today who have shipwrecked spiritually. And it's not because they set out to do it. It's because they didn't see the signs. They weren't looking ahead. I'm telling you, when you, when you neglect your Bible, when you begin to question everything that God says, when you get, develop a negative attitude about spiritual things, I'm telling you, you're headed for a shipwreck. People don't think it. They don't look, where's this attitude, attitude going to leave me? I think we ought to ask ourselves, number one, where do I want to be? Not where am I, not just where am I, but where do I want to be? And then how am I going to get there? It's a, it's, a common, it's a common mistake, a common problem that we look at ourselves, we look in the mirror, we look at our physical condition, we look at our spiritual condition, we look at our financial condition, we look at problems in our relationships, and we say, you know, one of these days I'd like for it to be better. And that's good. And yet years go by. And years go by. And nothing changes. That's why... As a pastor, I had this in my heart for this year is to emphasize this goal, charting our course. Where, where do we want to? Let's make a map. Let's create a course that will get us there. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I mentioned this about, about the automobile. You know, Nobody wants to be driving down the road one day and hear this loud noise and all of a sudden their engine is locked up, right? Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And yet, they never bother to check the oil or change the oil or maintain the vehicle. Where would you like to... Would you just take a moment today and just, in your imagination, look forward and, and think, where do I want to be spiritually? And in two years or five years or ten years. And if you look into the future, I want to focus your mind on an event that all of us are going to see in the future. And it's called the judgment. It's the judgment. When you stand before the Lord, can you do you ever think about this? Think with me for a moment. Don't dismiss this or think about this today. What if I knew that tomorrow I was going to stand in the front, face to face, eyeball to eyeball, with Jesus Christ? How would I want to be? How would I want, how would I want my life to be? The way I've spent my life. The words I've used, the attitudes that I've had. How would you like to be when you stand there? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be good? I don't, do you ever think about this? Wouldn't it be good for him to say, well done? Well done. Now listen, don't, don't let your mind start thinking, well, I know I'm accepted in the beloved. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm, you know, so I don't need to think about it. You can think that way. And we are, if we're forgiven, we are washed. We are cleansed. We are accepted in the beloved. But that does not mean he doesn't, he's not going to say well done or not say well done. 
How, how would you want to be? How would you want to stand? You say, why do you say that? Because the, the Bible says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself. He makes adjustments based on what he sees in the future. How would it be when we stand before the Lord if He actually rewarded us and gave us one of those crowns of reward that we could cast at the feet of Jesus? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? In case you're thinking, well, I just don't think God would have us to look at things like this. Let me read you a verse of Scripture This is what John the Beloved said. John, who was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, who was taken up into heaven, who wrote the book of Revelation, who gave us the gospel of John, this is what John himself said. Little children, abide in him. Think about this. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know what John said? I don't want to be ashamed. I think if John was concerned about being ashamed, all of us maybe ought to think about. I don't want to be ashamed. He says the we, the pronoun we includes himself. I don't want to be ashamed when I see him. Ashamed of the way I've spent my time. Ashamed of the way I've lived my life. Ashamed of the excuses that I've made for serving him. Let me give you what somebody else said in the Bible. The Apostle Paul, he said this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, I don't don't mean to sound sarcastic about this, but some people have this attitude, you know, well, I I don't think we need to have to worry about it. The Apostle Paul was concerned about it. I'd take his opinion over anybody else's opinion. And the verse before that, with that thought in mind about the judgment seat of Christ, he said this, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. In other words, that we, we, we live our life that we may please Him. Why? Because a prudent man foreseeth the evil, the bad, the difficulties, the adversity, and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. It is a simple fool who presses into things that he ought to be preparing for without taking any thought of it. Many, many, many years ago, long before, or at least months, maybe years before we were saved, I had a serious talk with myself. We weren't going to church. Our lives were in shambles. Things of God were not anywhere in my mind. But I had this conversation with myself, and though I've forgotten a lot of things, I remember this well. I remember asking myself this question, where is this road that you're on going to lead you? Is this the way that I want to lead my life? Is this the way I want to live my life? Is this the way I want to end my life? I was a lost person. But that awareness set me on a course that eventually led to us going to church and hearing the gospel and getting saved. The Bible admonishes us. The Bible encourages us 
to think ahead, foresee, look down the road. What do you see ahead? The wise man sees the potential for problems, for regret, for shame, and he takes action to avoid it. What about laying out a plan to get where you want to be? It's called charting our course. Laying out a plan for where you want to be spiritually, where you want to be financially. And I realize God can intervene, circumstances can change, but I believe the Bible challenges us to use foresight. I would call this the foresight of the prudent. Looking ahead and making plans. As I, as I think about this, I can't help but think of the prodigal son. He went down the wrong road. He made wrong associations. He made foolish decisions. And all of them cost him dearly. But the Bible says he came to himself. And he had, he came to the place that he had had enough of having his own way. And decided to make his way back to the father's house. Aren't you glad you can still go back to the father's house? It didn't, he didn't get there overnight. But he finally got there. He finally got to the place that he said this was all a mirage. This was all an illusion. This idea that I could do better, that I could do better without following the right way. I'm telling you, it is a mirage. It is an illusion. It is a dangerous place to go. But the wise man says, I'm not going to go there. Or if he says, I'm, down that, I'm headed down that road, I'm going to get off that road. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to change. And I want to conclude by first of all saying this. If you're not saved, the Bible makes it clear what you have to look forward to. Whether you think about it, whether you believe it, if you die in your present condition, your first waking moment will be in the flames of hell. And you're going to be there forever. And I don't care what preacher says it's not real, Jesus said it's real. I'll take Jesus' word over all the modern preachers. You say, I don't like to think about it. That's because you're foolish. The wise man foreseeth the evil and he, and he avoids it. And there's only one way to avoid an eternity in hell, and that's to be born again. That's to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we don't want to look at the future. We don't want to think about it. But I'm telling you, it's as real as anything you can feel around you or see around you today. And if you're here today and you're not saved, and you don't, you say, well, I'll just take my chances. How foolish could that be? How unwise could that be? And whatever it is that's standing in your way of getting saved, the fear of what your friends are going to think, the concern about what God might want you to do with your life, whatever it is, you ought to just trash it all and say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to be saved. And you can be saved. And if you're here today and you say, well, preacher, I know I'm saved. I, I, I know when it happened, Jesus changed my life. 
He washed me. He cleansed me. He made me a new person. But in your heart of hearts today, you know that if you had to stand before Him today and answer for the way you have lived your life, you would wish there was a way to do some things differently. Now's the time to do those things differently. Now's the time to make those adjustments. It's going to be an amazing thing. To stand before the Lord is going to be an amazing thing. I'm far from perfect. But for all these years, I've tried to live for the Lord by the grace of God. But if, I, if you think for a moment that I'm looking forward to walking into the presence of Jesus like it's a cakewalk and like He's going to be glad to have me there, I'm telling you. I have a fear. We heard about it in Sunday school. I have a fear of God. And I believe it's a respect for God. I don't want to be ashamed of the way I've lived, the way I've talked, the, the things I've done. I want to, and I know you feel the same way. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself. But the foolish, the unwise, the simple pass on and are punished. I really felt today, because I haven't been here one Sunday in the new year, right? That I wanted to address our theme and just encourage you to be thinking about, not only thinking about the future, but how can I chart a course that will help me get to where I want to be and get to where I think God wants me to be. And you know what? I think if we do that, God will help us. I think God will help us. And if you're not saved today, today would be a great day to get saved. Wouldn't you encourage by that testimony of that woman in Africa that got saved? Today could be your day. You say, what do I need to do to be saved? You need to personally receive Christ. You don't have to come to the floor to be saved, but I'll be here to help you or talk with you or pray with you. Whether you come here often or this is your first time to be here, if you're not saved, you ought to come today and say, I want to know more about this thing about being born again. You ought to come. Each year when we develop a theme, I do it trusting the Lord to lead us and do so with an expectation that somehow God is going to use the Bible principles that we emphasize to help people. And... I don't know if anyone who's not a pastor or a missionary could understand how much a pastor wants to see people grow spiritually. That's what I live for. And I'm trusting this year, if God gives us another year, that this year will find us charting a course toward a better future. Not better in the eyes of man, but better in the eyes of God. Amen.